Thanks to everybody for joining us. We've got a really great turnout and I have to say thank you to everybody at SRHE for organising this. It's been a massive weight off the project team um, to have this perfectly orchestrated for us, have you all turn up and then we just turn up and give our presentation so I can thoroughly recommend using them. Um, I'm going to keep us to time on the day and, and through the day and the first task is to keep myself to time so I'll try to do that. What I just want to do first of all is introduce you um, to the project team and the first thing is that's not okay great introduced to the project team. So we've got um, most of the project members here. So um, Emily Mason-Apps is the lead. I'm, I'm the PI, but Emily leads the entire project at Portsmouth, from Portsmouth. So Emily, if you just raise your hand and so talk to Emily. Um, Valerie Anderson is another of our colleagues from Portsmouth. So raise your hand there. Um, Andy Thorpe couldn't join us today, but we've got Jessica with us from Portsmouth. Um, and then the leads um, from the other university partners. So I've got um, Michael is there um, um, from the University of Southampton. Then we've got Arno from Royal Holloway just behind him there. Um, and then we've got Richard from the University of the right at the back. Well, Richard, why have you put yourself at the back? You're always the naughty one. And, and then we have Elena here, who is one of our researchers from Royal Holloway, there also with us today. So that's the team that are all here today. Let's start with the then Hefke definition for learning gain. This is one of the, the definitions that they launched um, the funding call with. So learning gain, the improvement in knowledge, skills, work readiness and personal development made by students during their time spent in higher education. So that was one of the definitions that they, they use or the main definition they use when they launched the call. Um, and in actual fact, most of you here actually will probably know because you've probably been to talks from other teams and you might even be members of other teams. There were 13 funded projects in the end. Um, and this is kind of how we fit into that. So we are one of those, and I've purposefully left Hefke there because I want to show you the change in landscape when we get to the last talk of the day. So we were one of 13 funded projects um, and that actually represents more than 70 higher education and further education institutions. Um, so a lot of people got involved in this and at the time they said they were incredibly pleased with the amount of engagement with the core. So clearly this was something on the agenda and we fit into many other things going on. So the, the RAND report was a big context piece and then Hefke talked about doing the National Mixed Methodology Learning Game Project and we'll talk about how that might have shifted a little bit toward the end um, and the Helga work um, which is actually looking at the national data a little bit more longitudinally or pulling up the national data a bit more longitudinally. So that's what really made Hefke at the time's focus on learning gain and, there, and, and we all knew our place in that. There was a massive launch conference and we all knew where we fitted in and all of the 13 project leads and team members got together and, and we have had updates in those teams. The landscape has changed and we will talk about that as we move on and certainly Camille as one of the overall evaluators might want to talk about that a little bit at the end as well but that's where we started. As a project team we come from uh, many many disciplines so we are a, a, a multi-disciplinary um, team um, and this was great for us because it enabled us to build a project that looked at many perspectives and I think that's what really tells the story of our project. It's a project of many perspectives. And we were focusing on learning gain, but also graduateness. 
how do people perceive graduateness? Um, from, from many different stakeholder perspectives, employers, students, staff and parents, and obviously we often joke, we are the one project that looks at parents. Um, and it, that was tough, it was hard to get their perspectives, but we found a way, um, thanks to Val's creativity. Um, and many different academic perspectives. So we represent the, the creative arts, um, education, psychology, sociology, and economics. Um, and you'll notice that as we talk through the day when we use the term resilience, we will define that very carefully because when you've got psychologists and sociologists working together, we quite often misunderstand each other when we use that term. So we found a way to not misunderstand each other. We, we have never taken a deficit approach in this project. This is not about students finding a way to cope with dysfunctional systems. So I'll, I'll just put that up there up front. We're also quantitative and qualitative. Um, there's a longitudinal element to our quantitative and a cross-sectional element. Um, and the qualitative is how we've managed to embrace a lot of those different perspectives from different stakeholder groups. But you're going to hear a little bit more about that later. Um, so in the quantitative then, just to summarise, we've got one cross-sectional data set um, that comes from um, Portsmouth and we've got longitudinal cohorts as well from all of the other partners. Um, so we did manage to collect quantitative data from all partners. The goal, the main remit for the project, for the funding call, was to develop a tool, a psychometrically established tool of learning gain. Uh, we wanted to get all the perspectives really to input into the development of that learning tool. We came, as, as you saw, with those different perspectives. So we wanted to look at um, Michael's area, very much um, graduate capital, and also Richard's area, very much graduate capital. Um, but also my, my area of learner resilience and implicit self-theories of the learner. So we've, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but really it's about how does a person perceive themselves um, in terms of social comparisons with other people and how does that change and how does that affect other learning elements, behaviours, choices, motivations, outcomes. But also, how do they understand the nature of some concepts in the learning environment? So most importantly here, how do they understand the concept of intelligence and ability? Um, so my work is very much around whether people see that as fixed or developable and how that influences their um, resilience um, i.e. their coping strategies in the face of challenge and failure. So we wanted to measure that, and we've got lots of other projects where we work on that. We wanted to use some of those tools to see if we could track that change over time. Um, and then false uniqueness and consensus, which is very much something that, um, that Andy, who isn't here, has been very passionate about, which is understanding, again, those social comparisons and whether there are groups of students in universities who don't get a strong sense of belonging because they feel that they are falsely unique in a negative way, or those that maybe overestimate their abilities, because um, we've got previous research that shows that, and feel that they are falsely part of a consensus group, um, and how that impacts the behaviours and the outcomes. And we wanted to track these, what we refer to as non-cognitive elements, um, because we felt that that was what was being missed in the learning gain narratives up until that point. Not about skills and experience development, but what is actually happening to the self-concept of the learner and how is that influencing their behaviours and their outcomes. Um, these are, in the quantitative, um, the existing data. So another thing we were really mindful of, uh, we've worked in this area for a long time, um, is that hostage to fortune situation. 
So there was a feeling at the time that Hefke were talking about having tools that would be used as possibly a stick to beat us with at the end. So this is what's happening to learning gain. Oh, it is or it isn't. There isn't or there is learning gain. Um, sort it out, higher education. Um, and we felt that we needed to actually understand the student and the, the interrelation between the variables at start point, the, the, their engagement throughout, and then what was happening at end point. So we did, never wanted this project to become a hostage to fortune situation. So we were going to look at existing data, um, UCAS data, KIS data, so looking at the nature of the courses that students were on. Um, students' own transcripts, um, and we were then going to follow up with employability. Some of that's been done, some of it we still have to do. But also then to collect some existing measures. So what were the students' um, approaches to studying when they entered? And how was that influencing their engagement, the, the UK engagement scale? Um, and then measuring their implicit theories, their theories um, about the nature of intelligence on entry. Um, so we looked at these. So we're really looking at not just developing a tool, and looking at what happens to learning gain, but looking at the relationship between all of these factors and actually tracking that longitudinally. And that was our way of trying to avoid becoming a hostage to fortune or, or playing into that hostage to fortune situation. Then there was the qualitative um, for, the, for the stake, looking at the stakeholders qualitatively. Um, and we did actually um, have to do a bit of a mixed model around some of that. So it was, first of all, to gain an understanding of the stakeholders perspectives that might influence the tools that we developed and the items in those tools. But also to look at some of the similarities and differences between those stakeholder perceptions. Um, but also I think there were some stakeholders that just weren't in the narrative on learning gain um, and parents were one of those and we wanted to put their perspective into this narrative. Um, so now we're going to look at some of those perspectives. And it's my great pleasure to, to kick off our day with Heike Belle, or who is here to talk about um, graduate transitions from HE to the labour market. Are we producing employable graduates? I'm going to hand over to Heike now. Um, please, round of applause to welcome Heike. Thank you. 